Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. What up, Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen? What is happening? Not a lot. Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. Of course, uh, we always want your calls, your texts at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. All right, where do you want to go with this, Aaron? We've got plenty of headlines on this Tuesday morning. You can lead off. Tell me where. All right, I don't want to bore people. I think this is interesting. I don't want people to think that we're just talking about media, but I found it very interesting to see how certain publications looked at this Super Bowl and how they covered it. Mm -hmm. First, I want to bring up the Times-Picayune. I'm sure most people have seen that by now. Uh, but the front page of the Times-Picayune had a picture of Jalen Mills, uh, real big, and at the top it said, Birds of Play. And underneath it, it said, unlike, you know, those Atlanta birds. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your when you see that, what are your thoughts of that? My first thought is, that's hilarious. Like, that's a, that's a funny troll job. I, I, I appreciate them continuing the Atlanta rivalry. It makes it fun for both fan bases. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, this is the front page? And I don't know. Like It's just like all those uh, you know, classes in, in journalism start coming back to me, and I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But I thought that was interesting. And I'm there should get- be a separation. There should be some kind of a – it should be black and white. There shouldn't be a gray area on how you're going to handle something. Is this an editorial – or yeah, are you going to exactly. throw out your own commentary and uh, are you try becoming, to have fun throughout the game? Are you becoming the New York Post? Like you can't, you can't do both. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, you've got to stay consistent in what you do. Well, tell me some of the uh, tweets that they had. What was the, what was the one there, one of the two that maybe threw you off? Like, ah, oh, that's that's crossing the line a little bit. It's about Bleacher Report. Yes. Okay, well, this is this is the other thing that I was getting to. This is actually on Instagram. So, Bleach Report, you know, and they they play by a different set of rules. They're not a newspaper. They're a website. But they they come out with this uh, Instagram post after the Patriots loss, and it's a picture of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at the chalkboard, mm-hmm. and it says, Patriots plan for next year, question mark. And on the chalkboard, it says, one, deflate footballs. Two, record opponents practice. Three, Cheat more. Mm. Cheat more. So I'm just like, wow. And then they had another post, uh, a picture of of Tom Brady, and the headline was just deflated, mm. which I don't find – that's fine. Like, that, that's fair. But after seeing the other one, I'm like, man, they're really piling on here. 
Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting to see how, how these publications covered the Super Bowl, and it just it, – it just feels like we're, we're heading in a different direction when it Give comes me the to headline it. one more time from the times Picure. The headline is, in big letters, birds of play. Uh-huh. And then the subhead reads, unlike you know those Atlanta birds. Yeah. So, <laughs> funny dig. It's funny. Yes. It's uh, like I, I enjoy the, the ribbing, but then I'm like, you know, it, it has to be consistent and it has to – if you're going to turn it to the New York Post, then, you know, you're just going to have mm. to go down that road and continue to do that and be consistent in that. What do you think the response will be from Atlanta? Well, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I saw, has already just done a story on it. I haven't seen any any front pages today or anything like that. I, I, I don't think they will respond. Mm. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting, seeing, seeing the front page of the uh, Times-Picayune. A uh, team that's making some headlines as we go through the headlines. Uh, how about the Grambling Tigers last night in hoops against Alcorn State? Uh, they win again. That's not huge news, but it is huge news that they have now won eight straight. How about this stat? Uh, that eight-game winning streak for the G-Men, the longest since 1977. Wow. Yeah. An historic run by uh, the Grambling Tigers. Nice win for them. They're actually down by five points in this game in the second half. Rally for the victory. Women also win 68-51. They moved to 8-3 and three in SWAC play. So a nice season for both the Grambling men and women playing their best ball of the year. And, of course, this is the time you want to start doing that. Uh, other headlines and, of course, um, a couple NBA-related news. I thought this was certainly noteworthy. Not that the Pels, of course, lost again. The fourth of the last five times they've lost since Cousins went down, uh-huh. and they lose to a Jazz squad that is streaking with six straight. But the fact that Eric McCree, former Louisiana Tech standout, uh, saw his first playing time in the league last night uh, in the blowout, 133-109. to McCree gets in for two minutes. Uh, pretty cool, though, a uh, Louisiana Tech Bulldog in the league. Very cool. I like how you got your Pels digs in there. Um Got him in real sharp. But I will say this, uh, Ricky Rubio for the Jazz, mm-hmm. playing lights out. Playing lights out right now. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I think the Pels will eventually get it back on track. But, yeah, man, losing bo- Boogie has just really hurt that team. Mm. Uh, the other thing, you know, we mentioned about McCree making the league. I guess you really never know. Uh, you got to get lucky. And, of course, how your game uh, translates to the next level. But you look at a guy like Josh Gray former LSU, what do we call him? We don't call him a standout. We call Eric McCree a <laughs> former player. Louisiana Tech star. What, what is Josh Gray's title for the Tigers? Yeah, it's not like uh, Blakeney. Blakeney was the star, yeah. and he's you know, he just made the, the, the Bulls roster. But, yeah, yeah, Josh Gray is was far from a star at LSU. Yeah. But, they, I mean, he made the league. Johnny Jones had talent, though. I mean, they, we knew he had talent. They just weren't used properly. Uh, the other headlines certainly center around uh, the Super Bowl and, and the fallout from it. Uh, where do you want to start? I guess we start with the situation with Malcolm Butler. Uh, NBC, the one thing that they nailed on their coverage, of course, uh, leading into the game, they show Malcolm Butler crying on the sidelines, and you're like, oh, what's going on here? Then eventually you do not see Malcolm on defense, and you're like, ooh, what is the issue? Yeah, what is the issue? And I think at first, like people were trying to make excuses that it was a football decision 
and people quickly uh, say, no, we're way too smart for that. We know it's, it's not a football decision. Well, that's what Bill Belichick says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, here's my question to you. Should Belichick reveal why Butler didn't play? Because that right now, that's what we're uh, dealing there's with. There's no chance of that happening. I know there's no chance. I'm saying should he, though? Like, that's where we're at because you've got uh, Boston columnists writing stories saying we deserve answers. Why didn't Malcolm Butler play? Uh, you know, no doubt he could have done be- a better job than, you know, what some of these other guys did. And then you hear, like, other stories like they didn't like the way he matched up with Alshon Jeffrey. Mm. And it's like, come on, you could have found somewhere for him to play. He could have played nickel. Mm. He's, he's had experience playing nickel. Mm. So, Well, Belichick had his opportunity following the game to explain uh, the coaching decision not to play Butler on defense. Uh, Malcolm Butler that played 98% of the snaps yeah. throughout the regular season. Then yesterday in a teleconference, he was asked the question again. And uh, you can read between the lines of Bill Belichick. I'll read the quote, and Jake, you can tell me what he's truly trying to say, all right? Okay. All right, here's the quote from Belichick. I appreciate the question, but it would be a much longer discussion. There's a lot of things that go into it. In the end, the final decision is what I said it was. None of your business. This is my organization. Butt out. We put the players and game plan out there that we thought would be the best like we always do. That's what he said on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's his generic uh, statement. I mean, that's what he says every day. He actually means that. Uh, on Monday, he was pressed a little bit longer in this teleconference, and he said, uh, I respect Malcolm's competitiveness, and I'm sure that he felt like he could have helped. I'm sure other players felt the same way. In the end, we made the decision that we feel was the best for our football team, and that's what we did. That's what I did. Mm. Yeah. Here's my deal. I, I don't like it because some Patriots fans are acting like this is why they lost the Super Bowl. They're saying, well, you know, if Malcolm Butler would have been out there, it could have been a different result. And my whole deal with that is, no. He, he Could he have applied more pressure on Carson Wentz? I mean, maybe he gives you a better chance in the, in the secondary, but the bottom line was the reason why they lost that game is they could not touch Car- – uh, I said Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. They could not touch Nick Foles. And, uh, I mean, Foles operated from a clean pocket the entire game. And, I mean, James Harrison – I thought was the guy who provided the most pressure, and they've had him for, for like less than two months. Mm. So I just I don't want to hear the Patriots fans say that and cling to that as an excuse as to why. Well, just look at the stats and what Foles did. I understand pressure is a big part of it, but you're still taking one of your big playmakers and sitting him on the bench, a guy that played uh, literally one uh, snap on a, a punt return for your squad. What harm would it have done if he would have been on the field? It wouldn't have done any – I mean, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah, it, it probably it, – it certainly would have helped them. But they you can't say they would have won if he would have played. Like, I don't want Patriots fans saying that. Not, and I've seen that in, in a few in a few places. And, you know, we trusted Belichick. He, he abused our trust. Mm. You should go read the column by the Boston Globe. Well, I pulled it up. Oh, good. Uh, Buckley uh, with the editorial – the headline, uh, Bill Belichick owes fans better answer on Malcolm Butler benching. Uh, throughout it, uh, the one that stood out, he basically calls him out. Like Bill Belichick, here's what Buckley says. <laughs> says, this is part of uh, the column of the editorial. It says, do your job, Bill. Be honest with the fans for nearly two decades who have brought, bought every ticket to every game at Gillette Stadium and who routinely empty the shelves at the Patriots Pro Shop. This isn't training camp. It's not the draft. 
It's not a middle-of-the-week presser leading up to a November game against the Buffalo Bills. This is the Super Bowl and this edition of Pro Football's big game, the Patriots lost because they rolled out a second-rate defense Ooh. that couldn't contain a backup quarterback. Do you think they, they'll miss Patricia <laughs> is my other question. No, uh, that's good, though. That, that's, that's, that's a good call. He, he points out that uh, Belichick spoke via conference call on uh, Monday morning. He said the sound quality was so bad that it suggested something from the 1950s sci-fi movies. <laughs> But it was clear he was in no mood to uh, gather everyone around around the campfire and sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff, man. But like, I I don't doubt we'll ever even know why. I doubt we'll ever, ever know why he didn't play. Uh, I think eventually there may be. Kind of, you would think it has to be some kind of discipline, it's, or perhaps sure maybe he was out too late on a Saturday night. I mean, sure, it was something discipline, and and you could tell it wasn't the plan initially. Uh, I can't remember where I read it somewhere, but one of the cornerbacks said that, that that was not the plan, I think, like Wednesday, like a couple of days ahead. So something happened. Will we ever find out what happened? I don't know. Well, Malcolm uh, Butler becomes an unrestricted uh, free agent next week. And, of course, uh, the Saints were trying to make a trade for him at the beginning of the year. Perhaps now this leads to him being in New Orleans next season. Yeah. Terry Waldrop says the head coach makes – and I just got a text that knocked me off. The head coach makes personnel decisions on who played and who doesn't. It happens in fourth grade and happens in the NFL. No coach owes any fan or sports writer any explanation on why they play or they don't play. Kind of the response I would expect from Coach Terry Walden. <laughs> I mean, if there was any other right response that was different than that, that would have been newsworthy. Yeah, and I, you, you, I feel like you do owe the fan base. I mean, owe the fan base something because they're going to have these questions and they're gonna, it's going to make it easier for them to deal with the loss. I mean – I don't know. But if there's one franchise that we're not going to get the answer from, it's going to be for Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to get the answer. I'm just saying if I'm a fan, I'm obsessing over this. Mm. And, I, you know, rightfully so. Mm. Richie says, they may not have won, but Butler has to be a better option than your third and fourth options at cornerback getting torched. Yeah. And Trent says, I have nothing negative to say about New England. But their fans need to hush their mouths. Belichick doesn't owe anyone any explanation. Trent's a coach, too, I guess. And I thought LSU fans were greedy. Go Tigers, Trent. Trent loves to support those Tigers. Philadelphia Eagles did return from uh, the Super Bowl yesterday, as you would anticipate and expect. A hero's welcome, a parade now being planned for Thursday. Yeah, and so, all right, my first, I have three takeaways from the Super Bowl, like lingering takeaways. The first was the Butler situation. My second one, I started thinking about it more and more because everyone's talking about Peterson's play calling. You know, we, talk, we touched on that a lot yesterday, and we won't get specific today. But just hearing all these national media outlets praise him, and I'm talking about everyone in different styles too. You've got the Clay Travis style. You've got the, the SVP style. I mean, everybody is, is, is praising him one way or the other. And it's like the opposite of Kyle Shanahan last year. Like he put it all on the line. And people are praising him for it. And I started thinking about it. And you know how we, we talked about Philly yesterday and how sooner or later we feel like, you know, how it does in most relationships in sports. It turns sour and the Philly people will turn on. Well, I just started thinking about it like more, you know, in another big game. When he takes the gambles, when he takes risks similar to what he did in the Super Bowl, I feel like he'll get almost a pass if it fails, right? Because you, you can still – 
point back to the Super Bowl and say it worked when he took the gamble then. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about, man, Peterson is in the best possible situation right now because he can continue to gamble and, and take those risks. And well, very like, similar to Sean Payton until they had three consecutive seven, seven and nine, nine seasons, and then all I think of a sudden, how long Payton's the been there. I mean, yeah. Payton's been there forever. So, yeah, I mean, if 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 Peterson's lucky enough to be there as long as Payton's been at, at with New Orleans, I mean, yeah, that's a great situation. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We got some more Super Bowl fallout coming up in the next segment. It's all part of the starting lineup, brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Read Cookie's text there. It's a good one. Cookie says, why do people constantly feel they have to criticize and hate on winners in our society? Also, they criticize losers as well. They're human beings. They make mistakes. Leave them all alone. Quit analyzing coaches for their mistakes. This is to the fans and the Boston media. Well, I think if you're a fan, the natural response is to question why it went wrong, especially when you're used to winning with the Patriots. So you're going, what, what can I cling to? What, what's my excuse for us losing? Oh, we didn't play Malcolm Butler? Why did that happen? I think that's a natural response, honestly. Truman's saying Belichick just wants to take the blame on himself. Not to pass the buck. Yeah, I get that. And it, we don't know what he did. I mean, he could have done something damaging to his own character, and so Belichick doesn't want to reveal that. I understand that. And if he did, Malcolm Butler being an unrestricted free agent, I mean, that can't help his bargaining negotiating and power as he goes out there. And, see, and we've got another text here saying uh, that Butler would probably end up talking about it. I don't think he will. I, I don't think you'll ever hear it from his side. I don't think that would be smart if it was something he actually did that resulted in disciplinary action uh, we look forward to a big night of uh, college basketball We've got several marquee matchups the biggest and best probably being out at the madhouse Natchitoches Central squaring off against Ooh. Washita uh, is this number one versus number two uh, last I looked I thought Washita was at four but they they might have updated the, the power rankings this week but yeah it's it's definitely a top five matchup Natchitoches of course holding down the, the top spot with just two losses on the year we're going to go behind enemy lines. Look forward to catching up with that. Natchitoches Central's head coach, Micah Coleman, will join us at 7.30. He's developed quite a basketball powerhouse down there. Yeah, big night in, in, you know, in Northeast Louisiana. We've got a lot of big-time matchups coming up. We'll talk about those. 7.45, uh, we mentioned Roy Lang and, uh, man, getting uh, all kinds of access at the Super Bowl. He's actually driving on his way back from uh, Minnesota, him and uh, Tim Fletcher. Talk about a miserable ride home. Uh, They're somewhere in the middle of Arkansas at this point. Uh, He will be joining us at 745, hopefully. At 8 o'clock, Gus Kattengill will join us for his weekly visit. We'll talk a little bit about the Saints and, of course, as that franchise moves forward and can we see them in the big game next year. At 830, Eric Conco, Louisiana Tech's head coach, joins us for his weekly visit. Also, we'll be taking top 10 Thursday suggestions. We'll have to run that poll, uh, get that poll running pretty soon. We've already got Mike Meltdowns, top 10 Mike Meltdowns. If you have another suggestion, please let us know. Texas, 888-993-7762. Not who wore it better, who called it better. Did somebody outdo Al Michaels? No with way. the Super Bowl call? No way. 
888-993-7762. We dive into that after the break on the morning drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Yes, some call them mud bugs, some call them crawdaddies. Breeders of Delta Style called Catfish Charlie's the best. Crawfish are in season and on the tray at Catfish Charlie's on Louisville Avenue near Office Depot and on 165 North across from Brookshire's. Call this real good, real fish Catfish Charlie's if your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Plenty of a great response already this morning on the Stuart Shelby State Farm text line. Keep them coming. 888-993-7762. Quit up and at it early this morning. <laughs> Quint says, Patriot fans are complaining that the spoon in their mouth is only silver as opposed to the usual gold. <laughs> Trent says, uh, I guess he's talking about Malcolm Butler. That sounded like the weird kid whining under the blanket, leave Brittany alone. I don't know if you, you're familiar with that old social media post, Aaron. Probably not. Yeah, it's a, it's a young thing, I guess. Ratings are out for the Super Bowl, uh, the 41-33 victory for Philadelphia. It got a 47.4 overnight rating. What does that mean? Well, it means it's the lowest figure for a Super Bowl since 2010. Uh, down just uh, 3%, though, from last year. So if you're trying to compare it to what the, the trend, and, I mean, we're talking, you put it in comparison, 47.3, they're pretty much in the same neighborhood as some of the others. I mean, basically, you're looking at 48, 49. The ratings of the Super Bowl, I really never understand them or comprehend them that much because of the number of Super Bowl parties and bars and things like that. So, but if you're into that thing of talking about uh, the decline of the National Football League, no. and fans aren't interested. Here's a little bit more ammunition for you. Uh, lowest figure since 2010. They're not hurting. They're not hurting. Um, we do have some news, some breaking news. 
Willie Allen is headed to Louisiana Tech. According to? Pro, um, let's see, this is College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. And Willie Allen's name should be familiar to all of us because? Well, he's the one who transferred from LSU in last June, one of the several offensive linemen. Uh, if you'll remember, Willie Allen was at the center of that controversy where he wanted to go to TCU, and LSU blocked him from doing that. LSU said, you know, you can't go to TCU. So, um, that you know, that was heavily discussed. <clears throat> also, he at the time, he was a four-star, uh, and when he came out, he was the number 10 player at any position in the state in Louisiana. So. Exciting for Louisiana Tech, but I, I would caution uh, Bulldog fans to pump the brakes. I don't, heck, I don't even remember the kid's name now. Came from Ed Dakar. He was a big old kid, and he uh, was at LSU, transferred to Louisiana Tech, and he really didn't even see much of the playing field at Tech. So just, you know, take it for what it's worth, but you're putting a pretty yeah, good-sized body, and, uh, yeah, couldn't hurt at all. Uh, all right, let's do this with the Super Bowl. Uh, Jake, uh, we kind of bashed Collinsworth a little bit yesterday. Rightfully so. Well, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, 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 it's hard for me to really judge Collinsworth just because it, it's hard to hear at the Super Bowl parties. But a lot of people were unhappy with him because he took a stance on those those catches, and he was saying that they were not catches, and he was ultimately proved wrong. Yeah. So he he had a bad uh, a bad day at the office. And we're not one to bash uh, Al Michaels, but let's hear his final call. It didn't exactly. It wasn't a uh, do-you-believe-in-miracles type <laughs> moment. Here's Al Michaels at the end of that ballgame. Really off this ball. Brady under pressure. Escapes the sack. Launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball, and it's oh. incomplete. And Grock was there. And time runs out. This is the end of the game. And for the Philadelphia Eagles... The long drought is over. Finally. That's not going to match up well with that end of the year video that you want that's got the big climactic moment. Well, it was. Ring the bell, Philadelphia. Your first ever championship. Something with some gusto. No, I was just off the cuff there. Anything would be better than that. Come on, Al. I didn't think it was that bad. It was it was a little dry, I'll admit, but it wasn't that bad. All right. Um, it, it was also a really weird play to end on because you're kind of looking for the ball. It was kind of hard to see the ball. I was because I remember I had trouble. I was like, wait a minute, is where's the ball at? And then the last thing you want to do is butcher the call. Exactly. <laughs> Hail Mary and the, I, trust me, that's what. Amadola comes out of nowhere to grab it, and you're <laughs> right. So I I understand the hesitancy there, but yeah, the the final call. Was a little dry. Uh, the beauty of it is, I love to hear the Homer calls, and you can only imagine what this sounds like with uh, Merrill Reese. He's been the voice of the Eagles since 1977, so he's been literally waiting 41 years for his chance to call a Philadelphia Super Bowl victory. Uh, the guy, of course, still step all over his toes doing the color. Uh, former Eagles wide receiver Mike Quick. Here's what it sounded like, courtesy of the Eagles Radio Network. W I. IPFM in Philly. Eagles by eight. Pretty lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. 
and the game was over. The game was over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broad Street. Hey, man, if this is a dream, don't wake me up. We're going to have a parade on Broad Street. Hey, grease up the poles. We're going to have a parade. <laughs> the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. 41 to 33. And, Mike, I'm going to give you my MVP, Nick Foles. No question about it. That was a little bit more exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> Just a tad. <laughs> oh, man. That uh, was good. So somebody was piling on Al Michaels. Here's a text. It was almost like it wasn't supposed to happen that way. He only raised his voice to say, <laughs> and the time runs out. <laughs> Brady doesn't get one more chance. Uh, and then There's it, no flag. <laughs> yeah, his, his, his partner, David Tate, known as partner here, David says, Chris Collinsworth definitely knows what an incomplete pass is. He did everything but show his Brady tattoo. <laughs> Notice he didn't say a lot about the Brady fumble as it brought back bad memories of him costing his team in the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, Gary says, I realize boys soccer in Northeast Louisiana ranks right up there with tennis and picks up sticks, but I'm a sports fan. I'll be attending my first soccer game ever this Thursday at Washita. Hope to see AD there with the coverage. Will AD be there? Uh, I will make an effort to be there. All right. Uh, we got the Dunkin' Dogs at home, too, so I'll have to figure out how to finagle all this. But, yes, uh, soccer continues to roll along. And, by the way, Sterlington girls with their first uh, win in program's history in the postseason. Congratulations to them. Uh, this year, actually, across northeast Louisiana, really some very, very good teams. You look at West Washtenaw, West Monroe girls. Actually, we have all of them in our running for Team of the Week. Wow. Yep, several playoff teams still at it. Mm-hmm. 888-993-7762. Gary, I look forward to seeing you out there Thursday night. Morning Drive returns after this. Big night of high school hoops is upon us, including the huge showdown out at the Madhouse. Washita squaring off against Natchitoches Central. You'll hear from the Chiefs head coach coming up after the break. I've been with Rick Green's Rapid Lube and Wash since 1994 because I really enjoy my job. I like my job. I like my customers. Michael Moore likes his job, likes his customers at Rick Green's Rapid Lube and Wash in West Monroe. We have some really good customers. Uh, a lot of our customers have turned out to be pretty good friends of ours. I've seen a lot of our customers' children from the time they were born to the time they started driving. We have taken care of a lot of our customers' cars, their children's, and their grandchildren's cars. One of the biggest compliments I've gotten is having a customer call me and tell me what a great job our team did. Matt Talbert, General Manager for Rick Breen's Rapid Lube & Wash. Our managers and technicians will not just sell you a service that you don't need. Every service we offer is based off a recommendation from the manufacturer based on your driving conditions. Rick Breen's Rapid Lube & Wash, trusted since 1985 with any make, any model in Monroe, West Monroe, Ruston, and Rick Breen's are you due? The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. 
Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We certainly look forward to another big night of high school hoops across North Louisiana. Several marquee matchups that will go a long way in determining district championships and, of course, uh, playoff positioning. The best and probably, uh, without a doubt, the biggest taking place out at the Madhouse tonight is Washita welcomes in powerhouse Natchitoches Central. The Chiefs head coach, Micah Coleman, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Man, we're doing great, guys. We appreciate you um, having us on. You'll have to excuse my voice this morning. It's already been a long week, and uh, we're only <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, Coach, that can be good heading into a matchup like this. It's going to be a little loud in the Madhouse if, you're already, uh, if your voice is already uh, straining. Oh, no doubt. It's uh, one of the best environments to play in. Our guys always look forward to this trip. Uh, Washtaws enjoyed a great tradition in, in high school basketball for uh, quite some years now, and, and that place is always rocking. It's loud. They've got the pep band going. We'll we'll bring several loads of uh, fans up, and I know they're going to pack it with their fans. It just makes for a really electric av- uh, uh, environment. And for high school basketball players, you know, outside of playoffs or – or uh, Burton Coliseum, I don't think this atmosphere, the atmosphere doesn't get any bigger than what uh, you'll have tonight in their gym. Coach, how long have you been now at uh, Natchitoches Central or as the head coach for the Chiefs? Oh, probably longer than they should have kept me, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> we're in our 12th year. Our 12th wow. year going on 13. You have certainly built a basketball powerhouse down there. How have you done it? Uh, first of all, I went and hired two guys a lot smarter than me. And, uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart enough. So I went and hired two guys that work really hard and, uh, they just, uh, they, they love kids and they hate losing. And, uh, when you got those two combinations, uh, you got guys that'll work, uh, in order to, to build a program. So, um, you know, I, I have done absolutely nothing uh, on my own. I've got, uh, Colton Spolvado and Darius Burton, the two coaches that work with me every day. And um, they do as much or more work than I do. So, um, you know, we, we've got a good staff, but we just we have really good kids, uh, really good kids who enjoy working hard. And the fan base has really uh, gotten behind this program throughout the years. Was there a turning point when uh, you knew the fan base was all in and uh, basketball fever had hit Natchitoches Central? Well, you know, Natchitoches, is a, uh, it's a great town. It's a great place. They've uh, been very good to me and my family, and they've been very good to our program and, and uh, our Fan base here, uh, community members, they love the kids in our community, and they realize that when they get behind our kids, um, that they, they succeed. It increases the chances of success with young people when our community gets involved. Um, you know, probably about my third year here, we were able to put together a pretty good season and um, had some really, really good players, uh, really fun kids to watch. And it just kind of become the thing to do on, on Friday nights and, and Tuesdays when we're at home. 
Um, our kids were fun to watch out on the floor, I, I think, particularly because they played really hard and they could play with this uh, sense of passion. And uh, people pick up on that. And, you know, ever since my third year here, our, uh, our home crowds have been really good. And a lot of our away games, you know, such as tonight, we will bring a very good crowd with us. And uh, it just, it's fun. It's fun for the fans. It's its fun for the kids who are playing. And for coaches, it's, um, you know, it's the time of my life whenever I get to go out there and watch, watch a really good game tonight with a really good fan base. Micah Coleman, the head coach and actor of Central, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, with your success, though, have expectations, you know, been raised at a, a point where it's basically they anticipate you guys to be in the semifinals or the championship game every year? Oh, I, I don't know about that. We we try to talk to our guys on a daily basis about what our standards are, what about what negative central expectations are, and, and they really don't uh, have anything to do with anyone else's expectations. Our, our standards are predicated on our daily work, uh, what's expected when we walk in the locker room, what's expected when we walk out on the floor to get our work done. Um, you know, I know there are a lot of programs out there that have, excuse me, that have uh, really high standards. Washita being one of them, Western, West Monroe being another. Um, those programs, their, their standards are super high. So my standard, if I want to surpass that, I've got to have higher standards than them, but you got to have a daily follow-through. It's not something you can – put on a wall or put on the back of a T-shirt um, and, and expect that it's going to get done. It's um, it's our daily standards that we follow through on every single day. And, uh, you know, it's what I love about this, this district more than any, anything else. Um, it forces you to be better every day. It forces you to be better year by year. West Monroe is going to come. You know, they've got great coaches and, and, and great standards. Washtaw's always had great coaches, great standards. And, um, you know, if you're not – trying to keep up or surpass those guys, you're going to get passed up. And uh, I credit our district for a lot of the success that we've had because we didn't have any other choice. You, you had to get better or you were going to get beat. And um, so I, I enjoy this district. I enjoy the grind. And I'm thankful for it. A lot of people ask me if we ever want to get out of it. I honestly don't because uh, I want to continue to get better. And uh, this district's going to force you to do that. Whether it's against uh, West Monroe, Ruster, and Washtaw, we certainly had opportunities to watch your uh, point guard, Brian White, over the last couple of years. What has he meant to your program, and how calming of an influence is that as, as a coach to know you have a little general on the court like that? Well, no doubt. I sleep better at night knowing he's uh, he's, he's out there for me. I, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I may look at retiring. Who knows? But, uh, no, we've, we've come to depend on him. Uh, for, for it feels like four years now. And um, just, a, you know, before anything else, he's just a great kid. Uh, he's got like a 3.87 GPA, 25 ACT. Teachers love him. He's always smiling. He's just one of those kids, you know, when you're around him, you just feel a little bit better. And then when he gets to the floor, um, he plays the same way. He's just uh, very even keeled. There's not a lot of things that rattle him. He doesn't get too high and he doesn't ever get too low just is able to play with this steady pace. And, um, you know, he, he's just very determined. Uh, he's put a ton of work into his skill set. Uh, people don't see the things that he does behind the scenes in the summertime and the preseason. Just spends an awful lot of time working on on his skill set. And, um, you know, it's made him a very confident player. And when he plays, um, you know, to his ability, very, very hard to handle. 
and um, he, he makes things a lot easier for our guys on our side. They, they've come to depend on his energy and, and like you said, his, uh, his ability to, to uh, control the game at his pace. He has an uncanny knack for that. Those are things you can't really coach. Um, those are things that a player just – he does it because he, he can feel the game and uh, feel the pace. He knows when to speed up. He knows when to slow down. It's so hard to, to uh, get a kid to do those things. It, it's very hard to coach. He just kind of does it, um, you know, through his own maturity. That was a big get for uh, Northwestern State. Did other schools come after him, or was it a case where he wanted to stay close to home or perhaps his uh, size may have scared off some others? You know, we, everybody wanted to come through here and watch him play. We, we've had a lot of uh, bigger schools coming through looking at other players who they love him. Um, you know, we had some Big 12 schools that would uh, call and check on him, and I think due to his size, you know, he's we call him 5'8". We might be stretching a bit, but uh, – you know, I think the size may have scared some people off, but, uh, you know, the, uh, North Washington State's been there since day one. They, they've obviously known Brian probably since he was a seventh grader and have a, had a relationship with him um, all these years. But, um, you know, there, there were other schools throughout the Southland and, uh, and uh, some other places that, that uh, showed a lot of interest. I think, um, you know, deep down he's known all along that he wanted to go to Northwestern. I wanted to see what the, the opportunities were out there, but, uh, when it came down to it, his family's very important to him and um, wanted to get a chance to stay close so they could see him. And, and selfishly, I'm glad he's staying close to home. I love to watch him play. And uh, can't wait to see him in a in a Northwestern State uniform. But um, I'm going to try to get some a couple things out of him before he leaves here, too. So, Going back to Casey Jones's days at Washita, they're known for that trademark pressure. D, Jeremy Madison now is carrying that over. How do you prepare for the the style of play that the Lions present uh, for tonight? Well, that's one of the things that I admire about Washita and, and their program. We are very similar um, in that, that we, we enjoy the same style. We're, we're both very physical teams. We're both very in-your-face. We're going to take advantage of the entire floor and guard you uh, one baseline to the other. Um, so the things that they, that they do, the things that they're really good at, or things that we try to work on every day. Um, you know, we don't bother them a ton with our pressure, and, and hopefully they don't bother us a ton with their pressure just simply because we do that every day. Um, but uh, no doubt Coach Madison has, uh, you know, picked the torch up and, and uh, kept running with it where Casey passed it off and, and um, doing a fine job. And we always look forward to competing against his team that, Without a doubt, at the end of the night, we're going to be a better basketball team when we play Washita. And, um, you know, I, I hope uh, his teams can say the same thing. Um, outside of our own district, I root for uh, our district teams. You know, we want to beat their brains in two nights out of the year. But, uh, yeah, he, he does a great job, especially coaching defense and his kids. We, we're Our kids are prepared. They know that they're going to get guarded when we walk through the concession stand tonight. So um, we're hopefully ready for it. Coach, final question. Uh, what does the split mean for the landscape of a 5A basketball? Uh, you know, I, I've never been in, in favor of the split. I think we've always been one association. I just don't feel like Louisiana is uh, is big enough uh, really to accommodate the split. And um, I just I want to know at the end of the night, if I've got an opportunity to win, I want to know I was the best team in the state in my classification. Not that I was the best. Select or non-select. Um, 
So, I, you know, I'm not a proponent of the split, just, you know, to throw that out there. But, you know, I, I don't know that it has changed the landscape of 5A basketball so much as it's changed lower classifications. Of course, you got Scotlandville uh, in there who would obviously still be ranked near the top. But uh, I, I feel like throughout Louisiana and 5A, you're, we're still represented by the best teams um, near the top. Um I don't think if you added all the non-selects back in, I don't think in the top 16 you would see that many changes. Uh, you, you know, you have St. Paul's is pretty good down south. Some of the New Orleans schools are, are uh, struggling a bit this year. But when you when you talk about 5A, there's not a ton of difference between the number one seed and the number 32 seed. And certainly when you get down between the one seed and the 16 seed, in 5A there's so much parity Um you know, I just don't think the split, um, I really don't think it did a lot to affect us. I just would rather see it go back. I'd like a chance to compete against everybody. And at the end of the night, if I'm not the best, I'm not the best. But at the end of the night, I would like to know that I beat everybody, um, you know, to win that state championship. But, look, we're going to line up and play whoever it is they say uh, we've got to play, and we're going to do our best to prepare for that opponent and try to, try to win the game, whatever they put in front of us. But, um, you know, I still think 5A is the strongest basketball out there. I know there's a lot that would argue that, but uh, top to bottom, I think it's it's uh, very well represented. Well, Coach, this is going to be fun tonight at the Madhouse. Uh, appreciate the time. Washita versus Natchitoches Central tonight. Rust up that boys for a big ball game tonight. <laughs> sure, we well, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Micah Coleman, head coach at uh, Natchitoches Central, joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Good stuff there. Just one of uh, several marquee games tonight, Jake. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that is one versus two, by the way. And so we've got several big matchups. Union Parish at Wasman, that's number seven versus number four. Richwood at Carroll, number 11 at number five. Um, and also St. Frederick at number 12 in Division Four is playing OCS at number five. So a lot of big-time matchups tonight. Who does Rabel score 100 points against tonight? You know, I, <laughs> is it bad that I didn't even bother checking? Because I was like, ah, that's just another blowout win. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to make an effort to get uh, Roy Lang on the phone. Uh, they're driving back from Minneapolis. You'll hear Roy's perspective on the big game coming up after the break. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The way you purchase a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys. 
so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. Don't miss out on huge savings as we celebrate our 40th birthday. Wow, 40 years since my dad founded our company. Prices have never been better during our celebration. See us today at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City for your new home. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. What up, Jake? What you doing over there? Hanging out. What's up? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, really excited about our next guest. Uh, uh, very a regular on the program, but I just had another uh, thrilling week covering another major sporting event, that being Roy Lang for the Shreveport Times. It's been a while, Roy. What's going on, bud? What's up, Aaron? Not doing too bad. First of all, uh, I've got to apologize about my voice. I lost that up in the bold north. Thanks, Roger Goodell. And uh, I'm also in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. So if the signal breaks up, I apologize. All right. So many different things to ask you. First of all, uh, you and Fletcher are getting an opportunity to get inside that locker room. You've had an opportunity to do some great things in your career. But to see that scene in that locker room with the Eagles and hear Doug Peterson address this squad how cool was that? Man, Fletch and I talked about that and all the cool things we've done. And I put that definitely at the top three moments in, in my career, being able to to see that the speech. Because I've been to, I think that was the eighth or ninth Super Bowl. I've been in locker rooms, but I've never been in there when the coach has delivered the speech. And, and it just seemed, yeah, I think Fletcher put it perfectly, it seemed like we weren't there. Like players were, you know, coaches were talking to others like we weren't there. And there wasn't, you know, the locker room wasn't overflowing with media. It was just really neat. And then, so to see that speech and then to see the celebratory dance, it was it was definitely something I'll never forget. And uh, you know, with today's access, you you see all these speeches, you know, on Twitter or on Facebook and all that stuff. The schools or the teams send them out, but to see it in person, well, it was definitely amazing. Well, how'd you finag your way in there? You put on the Eagles uh, coaching polo. How how did that all come about? Well, this year, the the great thing about the guys stealing Tom Brady's jerseys was that there was very limited access to the locker room this year. Uh, so you have to sign in and sign out as, as you go in and out of the locker room. So it just wasn't, I think a lot of people, number one, a lot of people weren't credentialed to go in the locker room, and then a lot of people uh, didn't try to go into the locker room because, you know, there, there's another room where players come in and out where you can, where you can interview them. Uh, plus you had you know, the Patriots and all that stuff. So uh, it, it just was a, a confluence of, of terrific circumstances. Um, and I credit the guy who uh, was in South America where the Brady jersey ended up, wherever it was. It was uh, restricted access, but, but we got in. All right. What do you make of the local angle, of course, with uh, Doug Peterson? You cover him extensively at Calvary. If somebody would have told you back in the day that he would be eventually in the NFL and be a Super Bowl winning coach, what would you have told him? Uh, you know, Super Bowl winning, maybe that, that was a little far-fetched. But, man, that guy loved to talk football, He and he would talk football. You know, he would sit after uh, games or practices when we talked to him, and and if we wanted to talk about his career and experiences or just football and general trends, he always loved to do it. He just loved football. And you can see that in his play calling, the stuff he's coming up with, uh, you know, how aggressive he is. He's just all about football. And it was, uh, you know, I was impressed with what he did. Obviously, he took an upstart program. Everybody 
knows the story now and, and ended up taking them to the semifinals twice. But, you know, including that locker room access was, was uh, one of the gems from Doug Peterson. And I said, man, you've come a long way from Shreveport. And he said, well, I had to go to the NFL because I couldn't win in Louisiana. So it was, uh, it, it was pretty funny. He, you know, John Curtis and St. James took him out in back-to-back years in the semifinals, but he slayed uh, Belichick and Brady to win the Super Bowl. Roy, in a time when uh, you know you look at coaches and they're extremely colorful and, and big personalities, and, and not that Doug's not colorful, but he's got more of a low-key approach, at least with the media and the way that he is perceived. Do you think his style just somehow clicked and fit and was the perfect piece in the championship puzzle for Philadelphia? Yeah, I think talking to the players, uh, you know, he had the perfect combination of being a player's coach, but at the same time, if you listen to that locker room speech, you could tell he was taking some crap about uh, dress codes and the way they were practicing. I know them practicing in pads was a big deal the last couple of weeks. Um, so while he's there giving them ice cream after film sessions and stuff like that and, and knowing how to treat him from the player side, he still was able to gain their respect through discipline. And, uh, you know, I think that was the key. He, he clearly is a player's coach. On, on, in one aspect, but at the same time, he's not just their best friend. They respect him and listen, and, and they trusted the process. That was the whole thing. You know, that was his speech afterwards. I know you hated the dress code, you hated this, but I told you this is where we were going to end up, and we did. So that's only going to help him in the future, obviously, because next time he asks guys to buy in on something, how do you say no now? All right, we look ahead in the future, and you cover the Saints and the Cowboys on a weekly basis during the regular season. Now, what does this mean for the rest of the NFC? Because you look at the number of injuries Philadelphia had this year and, of course, getting uh, Carson Wentz back. Uh, how dangerous will Philadelphia be next season? Philadelphia is obviously going to be dangerous. The thing, uh, number one, if I'm a Cowboys fan, if you look at the way Jason Garrett offenses uh, run and the way Doug Peterson's offenses run, uh, Jason Garrett is not aggressive. Uh, they settle for field goals. Even with Tony Romo, they settle for field goals way more often than they should. Uh, I would, I would not be happy if I if I'm a Cowboys fan, or I should be a little worried. I should say, sure, Dak is is, is good, Ezekiel Elliott very good. The receivers, I, I think they're going to upgrade there. But the style of play calling, the aggressiveness, you know, that was the thing about beating New England. If you showed them any weakness at all, that's when they pounced. And I think New England, you know, when they took the lead, I think they probably figured, well, here we go. But man, Doug just very aggressive. And, uh, you know, not kicking field goals was the key. And I think that was just – that was their mindset all year. And like I said, in terms of the Cowboys, it's two totally different approaches uh, to, to the way offenses work. And, and I personally like the – not just because they won the Super Bowl, but from, from watching Cowboys offenses stall out, uh, you certainly got to like the aggressiveness. Now, in terms of the Saints, I think it's a totally different deal. you got a young defense there that's real good, Breeze. You know, once the once the switch goes off for quarterbacks, it goes off real quick. Uh, how how much longer are you going to get Drew Brees playing at that high of a level? Uh, but Sean Payton certainly not afraid to be aggressive. So, you know, I would definitely think that uh, you know they're, they they got a leg up there in terms of of their mindset. But uh, you know, it's all going to fall on Drew Brees. Roy Lang from the Shreveport Times joins us as he's on his way back from the Super Bowl. Roy, on the flip side, uh, what are you making of the, the Malcolm Butler situation and now New England as they move forward? That certainly was the uh, talk of the game. Uh, no one saw that coming. 
at least in the media. Uh, you know, it, it certainly seems stunning. I would think there had to be, you know, I, I haven't seen any official report or someone confirm anything, but there had to be something egregious for Malcolm Butler to not play, re- really play in that football game. Uh, especially the way the you know the offenses were going up and down the field, um, so I don't know what happened, but I, I would think that Bill Belichick isn't just going to sit him because he missed a practice, or that he was loafing, or or had a bad practice, or something bad had to happen. Uh, you know, Bill Bill Belichick is is a disciplinarian and he's tough on guys, but he also wants to win Super Bowls, and he's not going to cost himself a Super Bowl for, for a reason that wasn't valid. So it'll be interesting to see if that real story ever comes out or when it does come out and what that does for Malcolm Butler's future because obviously you wouldn't think it's very bright in New England and depending on what happened, who takes a chance and how much does he get paid. All right, Roy, let's get into the important questions. Uh, everybody says the Minnesota people were extremely nice, but everywhere we looked it was all of the talk about the temperatures and how brutally cold it was. You being a Miami guy, now a Shreveport guy, how difficult were the conditions up there just to get from one place to another? Oh, it was brutal. I mean, really, I'm from Chicago originally. Now, I've been gone too long to really be used to it. Um, You know, I was freezing cold from the moment we stepped foot in Minnesota. Uh, The conditions in terms of precipitation and snow really weren't bad throughout the week. But getting out of your car was, I mean, it was it was rough, man, and it was rough on fans. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, I think there there was a, there would have been a lot more fans, um, you know, walking freely around NFL Experience and NFL Live and visiting Mall America if, if the conditions just weren't so brutal. And then, you know, after the game, we try and drive home, and, you know, we hit a blizzard in Iowa and, you know, an extra night. So I'm sure Roger Goodell, I can send in the bill for this hotel and the extra day in my rent-a-car, I'm sure he will pay for that. But uh, it was brutal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And uh, nothing against Minnesota. It's not like the people can help anything like that. The stadium was absolutely amazing. It was certainly one of the nicest stadiums. We had top two or definitely top two or three. Jerry World, that one. And, I mean, I don't know, Wrigley Field for a different reason. But in terms of just pure, uh, incredible stadium with all the anything you want and great sight lines that stadium's right there but you know minus seven degrees minus nine degrees that's no fun for a super bowl when you got fans and media and and teams you know trying to get somewhere every day during the week so you know i i I love the people of minnesota they were absolutely tremendous but i just don't think that's the right setting for a super bowl what if the blizzard happened you know at at two o'clock on sunday afternoon then what do you do i mean that's that's ridiculous all right, Roy. Finally, uh, I think this is an easy question. Uh, your lasting image from this Super Bowl experience? Wow, the uh, the underdog Philadelphia Eagles behind a guy that was coached, uh, you know, was coaching high school nine years ago. They were underdogs for every game in the postseason when Carson Wentz went down. Um, you know, everybody thought it was over. Doug Peterson got one coach vote for Coach yeah. of the Year. I think if you had to to retake that poll again, it would be different. I think everybody just assumed it was Carson Wentz. Clearly, it was not Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, there's a good guy winning in the NFL, and that's certainly fun for us. Roy, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, People want to, of course, continue to follow you and see your work where they need to go. Twitter, Instagram, Roy Lang, I, I, I. Hit me up on Facebook, too. 
you guys are going to need to we're, we're going to need to talk about something now that football's over. We got uh, what six <laughs> months until it starts up again. So so hit me up. We got to find something to talk about, like uh, Aaron's uh, physique. Maybe that'll work. Uh, safe travels, uh, Roy. Get some rest <laughs> when you get back, bud. See you, buddy. Good stuff there from my Roy. We didn't even mention that. Uh, the, the NFL Coach of the Year. I was going to bring that up. The, yeah. the fact that one vote, I, I thought it would be a lot closer than too. it was, but just one vote for Doug Peterson. It's crazy. It's crazy. The fact that he was playing in the Super Bowl. Come on. I know You know. now we're looking at it you know, after he won it, but still, going into it, I still thought that he would he would have a chance at the award, much less – much less get more than one vote. And the other thing with uh, you know the Super Bowl and cold weather cities, and everybody said, well, it's just the media sounding spoiled. But literally, corporate sponsors, and you know that's what's driven. How many of the, the big leagues are going to say, hey, that's where I want to go spend literally three, four, five days is in Minneapolis in the middle of the winter? Yeah, I agree. It does come off as complaining, though. Yeah, it does. I'll, I'll, I'll but, yeah, I mean, heck, if I was in minus 24-degree weather and I'm trying to get from one point to another and then you get stuck in a snowstorm, I'd probably complain a little, too. Complain a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, when it's hard to walk from the parking lot into the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus, uh, minus 10, minus 7, whatever it was. Jake, we complain when it gets to it. Dude, you know, I, I 25 say, degrees I was going to say, that's so foreign to me, I can't even yeah. – can't even fathom it. 888-993-7762. The 7 o'clock hour is in the books. Coming up next, Gus Cattengale joins us at the bottom of the hour. Eric Conkle for his weekly visit. The morning drive back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.